Ogeo has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never seen before features, like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear and more, the Ogeo 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. So I've uh, got the elusive and famous Adam Cincerillo on the phone here. And, uh, dude, I, I guess I don't even have to ask because I've seen you on Instagram, but how was your weekend? This is the uh, this is the OGO How Was Your Weekend podcast. So, How, how was my you? weekend this weekend? Yeah. I saw you did some activities. Uh, what, what did we do? What did I do this weekend? I forget. I think you broke in a brand new specialized t- Epic. Oh, Eagle. yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Um, Curtis Keen from Specialized took me up with a um, – a new, uh, the Epic Evo, which is like the cross between a cross country bike and an enduro bike. And I had never ridden, um, an enduro bike out at Greer, um, kind of right by where I live, some mm-hmm. single track fun stuff. I mean, I know, you know, but explain it for the people. Um, it's got a dropper post, a little bit shorter of a stem and bigger tires. And man, I felt like Aaron Gwynn out there. <laughs> a little more travel up front to you, right? Yeah. It's got a little bit more travel. The forks are a little bit bigger. So I was, um. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with how that thing handled. It was awesome. And I got a new uh, road bike, too, so super stoked. Specialized has always been really good to me. Yeah, man. You know, you know what always cracks me up is, like, you know, all you guys who who make all this money, you, you get all the free stuff, too. I know, right? <laughs> I know. And it's, it, it's uh, you have to definitely keep yourself in check from, you know, taking it for granted because, man, we get the hookup on so many things. And uh, a lot of us are, you know – obviously cross train on bicycles but we also kind of get into it and um yeah it's it's a privilege in order you know to get these super expensive bikes that i would i would uh you know have to pay a lot of money to ride so pretty uh it's pretty cool so i'm i'm taking it that you uh you take better care of your bicycles these days than that that old stump jumper hardtail yeah, I do. I do. It was, yeah, I, I try to take care of all my stuff, but um, sometimes I on that old stump jumper, I'd, l- I'd let the chain get a little greasy. Yeah. So we're uh, no, we're keeping them in check now. And um, yeah, the thing is, I, I actually had to clean it off after my first ride. I just couldn't couldn't see you know couldn't see it in the garage dirty. So yeah, right. You know what's funny about the bicycle guys is they yell at you when you wash your bike. They want you to like wipe it down with a wet wipey or something. Not really. Yeah, they don't want you to hit with yeah, a. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what I did, but I was just, I felt like I was taking the lazy way out. So it's good to know that I'm that I'm uh, appeasing the, the the bike guys. Yeah, yeah. So how, how back backing up a little bit? How did your chain get like that? Did you use like uh, Maxima chain wax? Dirt yeah, bike? I think I did. I think that what you're talking about that old thumb jumper I had. I think that was a. And that had to be a few years ago, but yeah, the one I took to Roy's for you and the, the yeah, cassette looked yeah, like a pine cone. Was destroyed. Yeah, I think <laughs> I did maybe use some uh, old Maxima chain lube on that thing. Maybe, maybe not yeah. my finest hour. I'm I'm not too great at the whole maintenance thing. I've been uh, very spoiled throughout my career to have people work on my stuff. Mostly, I should probably be a little bit better at it. I'm working on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm slowly coming around. Nice. So, okay, so you got to break that thing in. Who did you go to Greer with? Uh, Cameron McAdoo. Oh. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, well, Cameron just started training with 
uh, Nick Way. So mm-hmm. it's not been nice to have a little, you know, a little bit of a training partner. He's a he's a good kid, and you know, he's always down to anything pretty much that involves any type of working out or training or yeah. elevated heart rate. Cameron's all for. So it's nice to have somebody that's all gung ho to do that type of stuff. It's actually I wasn't supposed to do anything on um, Sunday, which is when I did the mountain bike ride and. I hit him up about halfway through the day. I was just kind of sitting here bored, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, dude, like I'll meet you out there, no problem." So we were <laughs> we were stoked to get out there and shred a little bit, dude. And Mikado is a beast on a bicycle, right? Yeah, yeah, he really is, and yeah, he's like one of the you know he's one of those kids that just his cardio just like super, you know, you can just tell they're kind of some guys are just born with it a little bit, you know, mm. and he's definitely got that, um, you know, he's got the the high vo2 lactic threshold thing going on for him so he's he's been fun to have around yeah yeah so is he still on a uh intense or is he on a specialized yet um he actually he is waiting to he has an epic evo on the way i believe mm-hmm. but he actually just rode my um specialized my epic cross-country oh, okay. bike so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were we were he's he's definitely he's considerably better than me for sure so I just wanted to go. I, I was just trying to coast up the hills, basically, just so I could get, just so I could bomb the bomb the downhills, catch some air. That's my move. Yep, yep. So, uh, what about Saturday? I'm assuming you probably played golf. Nope, no golf this weekend. Saturday, what did I do? I did a. I know we had a longer bike ride in the morning. Um. And, oh, and then so this company um through my agent hooked me up through this this company um lol these mattresses for mm-hmm. my because i just moved into a new um new house out here yeah um, in marietta so um so this company in order to get these mattresses for free you got to do this whole influencer thing right so i was like filming this unboxing video and doing all these things so keep an eye out for my influencer vibes on the gram here in the coming weeks oh i figured you have your your chick help you with uh <laughs> some mattress yeah no she was she was helping me film she was filming it for me oh not not testing though what's that no testing (laughs) oh my goodness stop it don so uh yeah there you go again the the rich guys get the free stuff yeah exactly right no you gotta take advantage of it and i'm i'm really i'm really cheap so um i'm i'm really fortunate that companies are um interested in hooking me up with free stuff i, I would have got if i could somehow do an influencer gig for a bed frame too for my guest room i may be looking into that too i'm just generally <laughs> looking for a way to not spend money yeah. ever yeah well that's smart so no i've been very fortunate that's cool so so you have a uh you're a dual resident then right you have a house out here and still one in florida i assume yes yeah i do i still have my um i've had my house in claremont for a long time uh, so I still have that there, and then we 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 split time um, from from California and Florida. Still, I'm I'm out here about mm, maybe third of the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. About a third of the time, and then um, home base is is still Florida. So Florida boy still feels like home there. But um, this is the first time I've actually I've always uh, I've rented Mitch's house out, his old house in mm-hmm. in Corona for a, I did that for a long time. Um, and then I just moved down here when I started basically working really closely with Nick just to yeah. kind of, you know, get my program a little bit tighter. And so I just rented an apartment last year and this is the first year I actually got my own place here. So I just have a, uh, we just have a little town home. So nice. keep so it you, simple. Are you close to Nick then down near? Uh... Yeah. 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 I'm super close. 
Yeah, we're pretty not not to give away my exact location, yeah. but yeah, I'm pretty close. <laughs> do you, do you run the Nick Way program and leave your garage open twenty four seven? No, no, we don't do that. I, I don't live in a gated community, or I, I guess I do, but I I wouldn't trust leaving my garage open here. Oh yeah, maybe maybe his house, but no, um, no. <laughs> I don't I know like how to, many times I, I've I been at the top? Many, I have I have a nice set of golf clubs in the garage, and I have a couple of bicycles in there. Oh yeah, so we'll uh, we'll keep her shut. Yeah, I think t- well tick. Tickle lives in a gated community. I remember, he got a bike poached out of his garage. Really? Yeah, yeah. You can't trust really anybody these days, which kind of sucks. But um, yeah, you got to keep her locked down at all times, pretty yeah. much. I think almost every time I've been at the top of uh, the Ascension in Greer, I could look down and Nick's garage is open. Oh yeah, and there's a 95 percent chance that he's there, like <laughs> working washing, on a mini bike, washing a 50 or a 65 <laughs> or something, and changing tires or talking on the phone he's doing something in his garage at all times he definitely gets his money worth money's worth out of that place yeah definitely so hey man we haven't really actually caught up you know since you uh since you wrapped her up so congratulations man i was very thank you thank you very pleased to see that happen uh, yeah i mean so how did it feel i mean the realization of a goal after years of trying yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy because I was just actually telling somebody the other day. It's like you work for something for so long, you know, and as, as high as I it's kind of as high as I put the goal of winning a championship in my mind, you know, it's been at the top of my list and my, you know, my goals for I mean, since I can remember. Right. So um, and then to ultimately at one time feel like it was maybe not ever going to happen when at one time I thought for sure it was going to happen. Mm hmm. It's like I don't even it, – it, it doesn't – it hasn't even – like I don't really even think about it ever. Like it just – it happened and it was almost so – it was such a big deal that I was almost like numb to it. It's crazy. But <laughs> um, yeah, man, it was it was definitely just what a perfect day to do it. You know, was, I'm super glad that Indiana wasn't muddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice dry race and it was crazy winning in the first moto and then, you know, going to the second moto and having it all clinched up. I'm like, what do I do? Like, I didn't know, I didn't know what to feel or what to do out there or what, am I still going for the win? Or I was so confused. And at the same time, it's like a just ginormous weight is lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. You know, and I think even, um, you know, even after the race, I, I mean, I was telling people I physically, you know, felt lighter. Like it's just gnarly that whole, you know, that whole championship thing, you don't realize it, you know, and, you know, when you're doing it, but when it's, when it's over and you accomplish the goal, it's just, there's so much weight lifted off your shoulders. And for me, I was really happy. I was able to pull it off, especially because it, you know, it gets harder to win these things that the more it kind of drags along, you know, the more you fail and, you know, okay, maybe he's going to get it this year or this series or next series. It's, it becomes like everybody's waiting on you to do it. You know, and it's like you can feel that off people, you know, yeah. and it just to have and, and that was the most the most pressure part of it, I would say. It's just the fact that it hadn't happened for so long and it was like kind of my last chance to do it on the two fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just just for to do it at the last race for Mitch and just so many emotions and so many crazy things. I, I really wouldn't trade anything for the world. It was just it's perfect. Even even now, it's crazy. I look back at Supercross. Obviously, everybody knows how that ended. But I don't even look at Supercross as – like I don't think about Supercross and think, 
oh man, you know, I, I, I it's almost grouped together in my mind with kind of what made my outdoor season great. Mm. And it, it's, it's just funny how that's all um, come full circle. But yeah, to answer your question, it felt amazing. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Anton was able to capture, you know, like the number one played ceremony at the rig. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. the, the things you said in your, in your speech were just awesome. And I think, I think that there's probably people that may not have been an AC fan prior to that and watched that video and were just like completely, you know, won over by, uh, by your humility and gratefulness, I think. Yeah, I, I honestly don't remember exactly what I said, but uh, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think you're I, a little. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't that. I wasn't that turn up. I, I I don't get I don't get too crazy, but I just don't remember exactly what I said in that yeah. speech. But I, um, certainly, it's just it's just hard to put into words. I, I you know, there was a time where winning a championship for me it just would have been like you know just like clicking something off. You know, yeah. just. And it just would have been, you know, right on to the next thing. And in in a way, it is for me, like I said. Um, but for me, it was about it's just such a, it was such a journey for me, like as a person as well as a racer, you know, in order to kind of figure things out and really, you know, figure out who I was and if if I had it in me to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I was tested so many so many times. Like it's crazy, and it's and and you know it. Not all, you know, it wasn't all, you know, in the public eye either. I had, you know, had to deal with a lot of stuff from the personal side of things and just, um, you know, just to watch it all kind of come together like that. And, you know, I think it's important to, um, you know, understand that I don't, I don't feel like I'm owed anything, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, think I deserve this or think I deserve that. And I mean, I I don't think I, you know, nothing's owed to you, you know, no, yeah, I don't deserve yeah. anything unless I go out there and take it, you know? And, um, so I think just kind of learning how to, to cope with failure and just to kind of come back from that and do it. And, and, and more so just the people around me are the, the same people that have been around me through the whole thing too. So just to see everybody stoked and happy it happened and just to be able to share that moment with them, it was, it was, um, you know, it's certainly something I'll never forget. It's just a, you know, a culmination of so many things. Yeah. So as the season wore down, you know, obviously you came out swinging and hit a bunch of home runs right off the start, had a big lead. And uh, as the season wore down, I think you went into, uh, you know, conservative mode or, or, you know, to protect your points lead. And uh, the same guy, Dylan Ferrandez, is is chopping points away. Did it get totally. did it get nerve wracking or was it all under control? Like, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was obviously nerve wracking. Um, and I think really all year, all year, I, I had never really been in championship contention too much. Like, I, I came close at Vegas a couple times, but that was the other guys that were ahead of me were managing the championship, and then that crazy thing happened with Osborne and Sabachi that one year. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was never really close. Like I never really thought I had it. So I didn't have that championship weight, you know. And in, in this year, I had the championship weight on my shoulders. Pretty much every time I rode, you know, it was I had the red plate for you know most of the year in, in both series. So um, it was just kind of it was a little bit more of a grind than I was used to. But um, I feel like I handled it well. And I think obviously Dylan was riding really good and. 
when he's on, he was super tough to beat. And, um, you know, towards the end of the series, I kind of, I needed to limit my risks a little bit here and there. And, um, I knew I just, I think, what was it after, um, I was super bummed out after Washugal not being able to, to beat him there it was so close. Remember that second moto we were battling the whole time and I like launched out on the wall and all that stuff. But um, after that, he went one, one and I think he cut my gap down to maybe 28 or 27. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh man, like, and then Unadilla was up next, I think. And that's like one of his best tracks too. So I'm like, I really need to, I need to put the brakes on this right here. That was probably the most nervous I felt. Mm -hmm. And then once I, I won that first moto at Unadilla, he ended up winning the overall, but it was pretty much a, you know, it was a good was points day for me. After that, I was pretty, I was pretty chill, but you definitely don't want to give the guy too much momentum going in the last couple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So but yeah, I mean, it was, it was gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, exchange any words with him after the season was over? Yeah, yeah, I did. He uh, he came over to the rig actually after uh, when everybody was hanging out. I thought it was super cool. Him and his um, girlfriend came over, and uh, yeah, they were just you know paying their respects, and they stopped by and talking. And they're they're super nice people, you know. It's you know you kind of <laughs> you kind of paint them you know in your mind as the bad guy just because you're you're racing them all year. This naturally kind of takes on that role. But um, with Dylan and I, there was never really any. Um, any animosity we raced each other really respectfully and uh, I think we we did about as well as we could from a sportsmanship standpoint mm -hmm. you know with, with racing that close for that long so yeah uh, but man I was stoked I beat him in that one I <laughs> after after how Supercross ended it was nice to uh you know it was nice to stamp that one definitely um I was just as happy for you uh, I was just as happy for uh for Nick I think uh that had to be super satisfying for him and satisfying for you to deliver a championship to to Nick. Yeah, it was cool. And, you know, Nick, he's always – he kind of downplays everything, so you never really know how he's feeling. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, he was really proud of me. And it's crazy how far I've come, you know, in the, in the last couple of years of working with him. And we've made some crazy gains, uh, you know, this especially this past year and a half or so. It's just been absolutely monumental. So – Really, coming back from my, we really, like this time last year, coming back from my ACL injury, we really, we really turned a corner, flipped a switch, and um, I think we both knew it was kind of time to get it done, mm -hmm. and, you know, I, that I was, I was so happy to see him after, after I won it, and just threw the bike down, gave him a hug, it was, it was a super cool moment, and um, yeah, you never really know how Nick's feeling, but I think he was, I think he was pretty <laughs> stoked. Yeah. Um, hey, how did you end up uh, deciding to work with Nick? At, you know, after you left the you know, that, that, program, I'm not quite sure how it all started. I think I was um, searching for somebody to kind of help me out at the races initially, mm -hmm. um, and then so he he came to a few races with me in 2016. And if I remember correctly, he had just he raced some races um, for, for Tedder's team in 2016 mm -hmm. in, in Supercross, and he had just kind of finished racing for good, basically. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, yeah, and then he came to a couple races with me in 2016, and then he was kind of more full-time um, on the race program in, in 2017. And then, um, yeah, and then just gradually just kind of got closer and closer. And at this time... About this time last year, around September last year, I was like, 
dude, I just want you to take over my whole program, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, so now he now he does everything. Before he was just in 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 control, basically, of my laps, and then obviously my technique on the bike and stuff like that. But now he he's full on trainer, so it's yeah. been working out well for us. Do you share uh, my opinion that like Nick always has the perfect looking riding style? Like he's not the flashiest, but he's always technically right. correct. Like, yeah, you can't totally. take a bad picture of that guy. Yeah, I mean he's he's really strong on the bike, and that's something that I needed to uh, I needed to really work on. You know, it's really hard to teach somebody how to go fast and how to have a sense of urgency and um, kind of you know just kind of I guess racing the obstacles you would call it. But mm-hmm. I've always had that, so I just kind of needed to be controlled a little bit. And obviously, you see that in Nick style. And he'll mm-hmm. be the first one to tell you that he needed more of what I had initially. That you know that sprint speed, that urgency, that stuff like that. But um, as far as you know, if if I if I wanted my you know if I had a kid and he rode, uh, that I would point to Nick Way and say you need to ride like this. Just just yeah. from the standpoint of being as safe as possible out there. You know he's technically very sound, and obviously that's one of the reasons why uh, you know I was attracted to working with him. Yeah, it's funny because you know he's. Uh... He's been, he's been a regular, you know, at our at our race series, uh, since his kids have been racing. So obviously, it's 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 yeah, great yeah. when he's not at the races with you. You know, it's great to hang with him because he'll help pit with us and he'll watch me yeah. race and stuff. And it's so funny. He's pointed some things out to me. Like comes up, yo, rice cracker, you gotta squeeze with your legs more when you land from a jump. <laughs> it's something I would have <laughs> never thought of, right? And it's like, yeah, every no. time I'm going to land really hard from a jump, I hear him in my head, yo, rice cracker, squeeze with your legs. Totally. And it's funny because it's kind of the same thing for me. It's Sometimes you get to the end of a rhythm section or something and your mind's almost always on the corner. So you, you kind of get loose with your legs like you're going to transition into sitting down already. But Really, you know, let's say you come up a tiny bit short on the jump or, you know, you, you know, your rear end's doing a bunch of different stuff and you got to focus on keeping those legs locked down and keeping your butt down and getting in there. But, <laughs> yeah, he's funny, man. He's super analytical and we have a really good relationship in a sense that he knows I can only take so much information in at, yeah. at one time. So he kind of – he'll spread the information a little bit over the course of a day. Yeah. Um, and I tend to do a little bit better when we kind of work on one or two specific things and, you know, I maybe try to get 5% better at that, you know, one day and then, you know, kind of move on to something else or, um, yeah. So he, he knows exactly how to communicate with me too, which is half the battle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next thing, uh, number nine, how did you, uh, what made you choose it? And like, you know, you were so, uh, attached to 92, which is your lifelong Kurt, uh, amateur number. Um, yeah, yep. I think I read you wrote, you know, like all the baddest dudes always had a single digit, but right, right. why did you choose nine over what else is available? There was eight was available. Eight and five. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I think the reason why I chose nine over any of the other single digits is because I kind of see it as an, a kind of a, an attachment to the 92 still, you know, in yeah. a way I thought it was cool. And I, I've obviously, I've always thought nine looked really cool on a bike when, you know, when Ivan had it and, um, you know, I know RV or RC and uh, Ryan Hughes and stuff have had it too, but I, I always liked um, how it looked on Ivan's bike. And obviously, he tests for pro circuit, so I always mm-hmm. see him around riding. And uh, so, yeah, I think just it was an attachment to 92. And I think the single digit thing, um, it, besides it being something that I've always thought was super cool growing up, you know, I always just thought that, you know, the best guys had single digits. And that's just kind of how I grew up looking at the sport. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I think I just kind of wanted to move on from just move on from 92 in a sense of I kind of try to live my life in a way uh, like I told you about before we started this interview, how I told you, you know, you asked me if I had my number one play on the wall and I said, no, I have it in the closet. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to I don't ever want to be a guy that looks back at stuff that I've done and, and hangs my hat on that and rests on that. You know, yeah. I always want to try to grow and move forward, even if it's not in racing, just in other aspects of my life. You know, I just always want to be pushing forward to be better in a certain area. You know, not that you can't look back and be proud, but um, I think I accomplished a lot with the 92. Obviously, everybody knows the whole amateur thing and, and all that. And I just wanted to I just wanted to move on from that and just leave that in the past. You know, I'm not that anymore. I'm not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just kind of wanted, that yeah, was just kind of the thought behind it. You know, I just wanted to kind of fresh start just um you know we're growing moving forward yeah see that's why i was surprised that you called me because you're a new person right you're like not the old cool adam you're like oh <laughs> dude never actually Come it's on. funny is you know who i think of as nine on a cowie is, is way before your time but omara really johnny o was number yep. nine yep. on a cowie when he wrote for kawasaki towards the end of his career yeah, that's cool. So, um, Johnny, are you using uh, Ivan's exact font, or is no, it, I'm not. it's a variation? No, I, I've I've gone a little bit back and forth with some of the fonts. Um, I started basically because Ivan's been a Fox guy too. So yeah, they had started it. Started basically with his same type of, uh, you know, I guess we kind of used the base of Ivan's number and we made little tweaks to it. But uh, <clears throat> as far as I know, the final revisions. Um, are that my number it's not going to have the little slash in the top mm-hmm. and it's going to be a little bit skinnier it's going to be not as fat of a nine mm-hmm. um and so it's going to have a little bit more of a traditional look than ivan's kind of fatter nine yeah so it's just all about you know it's a branding thing too you don't want you know i don't want people to look at my bike and think you know obviously they're not the last guy that had nine is ivan so everybody's yeah. gonna think you know whatever but i just um you know i just kind of want to develop my own style yeah, uh, of the number. So I think I'll probably still play with it a little bit until I find what works. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit different with it. Yeah. Did you hear? Uh, well, did you do the whole typical thing like ask Ivan? Is it cool if I take nine? Yeah. No, I did. He was actually, <laughs> you know, he works with Garrett uh, Marchbank, so yeah. he was at Indiana, um, and I had kind of thrown the idea around with him before. And but yeah, I think that's the proper thing to do is get the guy before, you know, just get his blessing. I think that's just kind of an unwritten rule. So, uh, of course, I asked Ivan. He's like, yeah, dude, I'd be stoked if you did it. That'd be awesome. So yeah. I was yeah. I was stoked that he was, um, you know, glad. And now we, you know, when I see him out there testing for PC, two number nines out there, feels good. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're talking about getting the blessing and everything. Yeah. I think the funniest story I've heard this off season is I had, I had lunch with uh, Seeley the other day. Yeah, and he told me at Iron Man, uh, Will Han texted him, "Hey, come over to the rig," and they, you know they had the motocross nations numbers on the bikes and everything. Yeah, so yeah. Cooper had fourteen, and so he said that you know Will was all, "Hey, that bike, that bike looks good, that number, huh?" And uh, so Seely said, "Oh, I knew what Justin was going to ask me, you know, but you know so he was so yeah. shy." So then right. Justin finally was like, "Are you really going to retire, or you know, you're going to?" come back for a race here or there to keep your number and she's like no i'm done and justin was like ah, i'd really love to have 14 and cole's like yeah i'd be stoked if you had it but he had, yeah, he, had he had to go to the ama and release it you know because it doesn't come available until it's been dormant a year with no points right right so seely like goes over with 
Cooper and releases his number, and then no way. <laughs> but it came, you know, you get to pick an order, right? And Ferrandis took it. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Did he know? Did he know that that like that Sealy and, and you know Cole and Justin walked over there together and all that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that half of the story. I mean, if he didn't, if he didn't know, I get it. But if he knew, that's pretty gnarly. <laughs> I just, uh, I was just laughing because I, you know, I, after I had lunch with, uh, with Celia, I, I texted Justin. I was like, yeah, new number 14. And he just said, you know, the emoji, <laughs> oh, the emoji of the uh, happy face upside down. Oh yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah. Dylan got it. <laughs> no way. That's gnarly. Yeah. That sucks. Oh, well. But, it happens. Um, okay. So dude, Monster Energy Kawasaki kicks 450. How is the, uh. How's the, how's the big transition going? Oh, it's been going really well. Um, I think it's weird because I haven't spent a lot of time on a 450 like at all. You know, I basically didn't ride any type of big bike as an amateur. And mm-hmm. then um, obviously when I was on 250s, I was for a while I was pretty small, so I didn't I want you know yeah. want to know yeah. part of the 450. Yeah, I was thinking so, about that. I don't remember ever seeing you ride a 450. Yeah, so I've maybe ridden it maybe a handful of times before like actually coming out here and starting to test. Mm-hmm. So it was it was definitely a big transition, but it's crazy it's crazy how good these factory bikes are, honestly. It's mm-hmm. gnarly. It's riding I you know, I've ridden basically a stock um four fifty a little bit here and there and you know it's good. Um but it's just crazy how smooth they make the power on these bikes. Like mm. it's it's you know, there's so much power, so that you know, it's it's all about how it's delivered, and um, yeah. that's the thing that blew me away initially. Is just how smooth the power was, and and how nimble the bike feels. I mean, and now at this point, it basically feels like a 250 under me, essentially. Really? Like I I, I kind of feel like like I I ride it different. Obviously, I've developed new habits, but mm-hmm. I it don't I don't feel like I can. You know, like I can't push the rhythms as much as I did on a 250, or I, I don't feel like I'm, you know, driving a boat around. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, I, if anything, I feel better in my turns than I ever did on a 250. So yeah, because you're um, you're a little heavy for the 250. Yeah, I was definitely a little heavy, and I don't think it matters so much for for Supercross, but for outdoors, it was sometimes pretty gnarly for me, mm-hmm. um, uh, especially some of the sandier tracks, but yeah anyway it's been it's been going really good it took me it took me a couple weeks to get used to it for sure i think um my main goal i told nick when i was going out to k1 which is what we call the you know the cowie track that sits right there on the side of the 15 where everybody can see yeah it's just i was just my goal is to just to keep it on the track and not put the bike on the freeway yeah um and so i I really i really eased into it you know i didn't i didn't try to go out there and you know set the track you know set the lap record or anything so Mm -hmm. I'm um, really eased into it and, and did it the smart way, um, which probably blows people's minds. But um, you know, just just got into it nice and slow, and um, yeah, I'm at a point now where I feel like I'm, you know, at a competitive pace, and um, you know, looking forward to getting out there at Monster Cup, even though it's not a full, you know, not a full field, but um, you know, definitely have a lot of talented racers out there, and just looking forward to seeing where I stack up and ultimately just excited to you know race in the premier class man it's just a it's really just a a dream come true i mean you know how much of a fan of the sport i am and just to kind of be up there and you know there's nowhere to go from here you know this is this is it this is the you know the premier class so i'm I'm excited so did you start uh 
on like did you ride outdoors on a stalker for a little while first or did you just go straight to super no no i went straight to um fox raceway for um to ride the the bike it was a full factory bike Mm -hmm. um i rode there for two days and then i went to supercross after that so Um, yeah it was pretty quick is it a uh, so is it a 19 bike still and you know like a leftover race bike or have you started development of no the no it's a it's a 2020 it is okay yeah i'm, I'm almost certain i don't know but <laughs> i think it is and uh baseline settings they gave you or was it pretty close or did you have to make some big changes uh no i mean i made considerable changes but i think it's just also as you get as you get faster on the bike too i mean you just um you know you have to adjust for that you know you get a little bit stiffer here, a little bit this there. So um, I think it just it was gradually kind of me growing with the bike there for a few weeks, and um, yeah, we've got it in a pretty good spot right now. Obviously, there's still progress to be made before before January rolls around, but um, I've kind of been on the same setting now for a week or so, kind of just getting some laps in. So mm-hmm. feeling feeling comfortable. Are you on uh, KYB or Showa? Uh, I'm on Showa. Showa, okay. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, who's your mechanic? Is it is it Shanty? It's yep, yep. Justin Shanty, yep. Joey's guy. Okay. Joey's old guy, I guess. Yeah. So how are you guys getting along? Good. Yeah, Justin. Um, obviously, I knew Justin from being on, you know, working with, uh, you know, Joey on on Pro Circuit, and um, you know, super passionate guy, likes what he does, hard worker. Um, you know, I was I was bummed that I wasn't able to bring. You know, my mechanic with me, obviously, that's something that I wanted, but just uh, kind of just didn't work out internally with the team. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, certainly it's no, you know, no knock on Justin. Obviously, he's been he's been doing a great job with me so far. And, um, you know, I've really enjoyed kind of getting to know him a little bit more. And hopefully we can uh, do some big things here the next year. Yeah. Have you uh, tested or ridden alongside Eli yet? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yep. Eli was out was out here the i think it was last week or maybe the a little bit the week before as well um so we were riding together at k1 which was nice to uh you know nice to have somebody out there with me um doing some laps and obviously you know eli he's he's pretty much um you know he's gnarly every time he's on the track so <laughs> it was cool to kind of have him out there as a gauge and just kind of get to spend some laps with him out there and um yeah super cool guy too he's been um he's been really cool to work with and uh you know as for as little as we have and looking forward to uh pitting out of the same rig pretty cool two yeah. uh single digit numbers that's pretty pretty neat <laughs> yeah so you know obviously everyone's going to want to know uh, how did uh you know is maybe just real informally but i mean how do you feel you stacked up oh i mean yeah it, it's tough you know it's it's tough to kind of say that i'm not gonna you know say it, it I'm not going to say anything, you know, too much or whatever, but I mean, I feel, I feel pretty solid out there. Yeah. You know, I feel, feel like I'm going to be, um, you know, we're definitely not way off. I yeah. mean, I, I guess if that's one way to put it, but, um, Eli's gnarly, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's better than me. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. So, um, right now, so that's, uh, you know, the goal is obviously he's kind of, even though he's not the champ he's, he's a little bit the standard in a way there's nobody that can really go as fast as him for one race you know it seems like he's you know when he's on first when everybody else is on he's probably got it most of the time mm-hmm. um and, you know kenny's my boy too so that's saying something but yeah. um yeah i think uh you know just looking forward to learning as much as i can from him you know yeah. already kind of picking up on some stuff that he does and he's just so strong on the bike you know it's fun to watch him ride 
Mm -hmm. So are you already, uh, do you think you're faster on the 450 than the 250? Because, I mean, I know there's like plenty of races and instances and stuff where the 250 class qualifies faster. Yeah. You know, um, uh, let me see. Yeah, I would say I'm probably faster on the 450. Yeah. Now. I mean, I, I've ridden, um, you know, I've ridden K2 a couple times, which is Kawasaki's other test track, mm -hmm. which is basically just on the other side of the um, 15 freeway that, uh, you know, the PC guys ride. And I've yeah. ridden a bunch last year on a 250, and my times on the 450 are, are, are better there than they were on a 250. So, um, and oh, and ultimately, I just most of it is just it feels a little bit more repeatable for me than mm -hmm. on a 250. I always felt like I was kind of on my limit on a 250, and yeah. on a 450, when I'm you know at my best out there, I I feel like I can do it pretty much over and over again. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a pretty comforting feeling, especially because most of these main events are like 27 laps. Yeah. So how about uh, I think you rode with Kenny a little bit because <laughs> there's that there's that cool Instagram oh, video yeah. where you yep. you're playing around, you put him over that berm, but it's got to be uh, pretty cool. You're going to be racing your good buddy now. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy, just because I've known, you know, basically since I went pro. I think my my first year in in 2014, that was Ken's first year in the 450 class. So I raced him a little bit the first summer I went pro. Um, I always give him shit because the only time I ever beat him was the first moto at Utah. So <laughs> I literally I bring that up maybe every couple of months or at least once. But yeah, I haven't raced him in so long, and it'd just be cool, you know. It'd just be cool to be out there on the same track, and um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't do me too dirty out there. <laughs> so uh, other changes are uh, you're in a you're completely fox guy now, right? Yep, fox head to toe. So helmet goggles. You know, I, yeah, so I was with Bell Helmet Scott goggles for a really long time. Love those guys over there, and um, yeah, so the deal came together with Fox to kind of go head to toe and. Uh, I've developed a really good relationship with those guys the last couple of years. I think they came on board with PC in 2016, and I've always really uh, gelled with the company and the people that work there. And um, yeah, so it just turned out to go full head to toe. So couldn't be more stoked. I think um, Fox is a pretty, you know, pretty iconic brand, and some of their stuff is just crazy sweet. So mm -hmm. um, looking forward to being kitted. Yeah. So you know, I think uh, helmet and goggles are two things that are like. Uh I guess most people are really sensitive to them. You know, uh, how has the change been? Like, uh, are you getting along good with the helmet and the goggle? Yeah, no, I was actually, um, yeah, I, I, the transition went pretty smooth. Um, you know, I can't say a bad thing about bell helmets or Scott goggles. I mean, those are some of the, you know, the helmet and, the, and, and Scott as well. I mean, it's just great products. So, you know, making the switch over, I was kind of anxious to see how it was going to be. And it's been uh, really smooth so far the helmet the helmet fit my head great and no real pressure points or anything like that and the goggles have been um right on par too so can't complain and i think it's cool for me to kind of have the head to toe it just allows you to kind of get everybody on the same page a little bit with mm -hmm. the you know with the whole designs of everything and um just to have it all in one place is yeah. pretty cool you're looking forward to uh having a little more leeway with your customization of your helmets on? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much of a say I'll have in that, to be honest with you. Um, and I thought Bell did a great job of, of, of mixing it, you know, kind of with the gear that we had as well. So can't knock them too hard. Yeah, there, I'm just but, saying, but you always looked like your teammate, pretty much. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So I think I think there'll be times where Ken and I are kind of wearing the same stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, 
a lot of the time we won't be. So it'll be nice to kind of – well, on a 450 in general, I feel like you're a little bit more of an individual out there. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be cool. It's just so many different things happening at once. It's just a, a very exciting time in my career right now. <laughs> so are you a uh, fox head to toe to bag guy or are you still an OGO? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I have a bag deal. I think, I, I mean, OGO is, is still the, still the OG. I've been rocking OGO since I was like, before I could even barely walk. So since you could not, fit in them. Yeah, essentially. So we're not, we're not changing that. <laughs> nice. So what else, bud? I mean, uh, you're going into a uh, monster Cup this weekend. Like, yep. Is it just kind of a shakedown race or are you going there to, to put your best effort forward and try to win the thing? No, I'm I'm definitely going there to put my best effort forward and trying to win. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be. This is what I I don't want to be limited. I don't want to limit myself, limit my expectations. You know, I I want to go out there and do the best that I absolutely can. You know, I think there's a there's a there's a very thin line there between. You know, it's easy to have too much respect for the guys out there because they, we all know they're so good. And they, you know, a lot of these guys have been watching the 450 class for so long, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, you, you have a lot of admiration for them because you know how hard it is and you know how stacked it is. But at the same time, um, I'm at the point now mentally where I feel like I am one of those guys. And obviously it's going to take some getting used to, and there's going to be some bumps along the way. But um, I think as long as I don't get discouraged, I mean, there's, I, I know I can control my attitude and enthusiasm and I know that'll be at an all time high. So, um, and ultimately I believe I have the skill to be um, one of the best. So um, can't see why we can't start now. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see a reason why we need to wait a couple of years to do that. So um, obviously it'll be tough. We know that, but, um, you know, whatever it is, we'll, we'll build on it and, um, you know, go from there, but definitely trying to win the thing. Yeah. Can you just even imagine like if you win, Oh yeah. All I three, all if time. you, if you win a million bucks, think about all the other free stuff you're going to get. Oh, <laughs> I was, I was telling every time I've been doing starts, um, these, these last couple of weeks, I think like right as I'm about to be done, you know, I always try to, um, I do like 10 good starts in a row and I get to the 10th one and, um, I always think to my, I always tell Nick right before he drops a gate, um, I tell him this is, all right, this is for my, this is for my new Tundra here. Cause I, I know a couple of years ago they were giving away trucks. If you got three of the whole shots yeah. uh, in a row. So it's funny that stuff, like you said, can you imagine I, I lay in bed at night and most that's mostly all I do is just imagine different scenarios like that. <laughs> nice. So well, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Right on. Well, we're looking forward to, uh, seeing big bike adam out there yeah it'll be exciting i hear i hear you have a uh, i heard you have a really cool uh fox retro theme kit coming this weekend too. oh yeah yeah i almost, almost forgot about that thanks for reminding me it's uh yeah it's it's pretty nasty yeah? it's pretty nasty yeah nice i uh i'm excited about it it's like that full-on 80s theme match with the gun i might even run the tinted lens for for practice so that'll be sweet the intimidator lens yeah it's pretty cool (laughs) nice nice well hey buddy thanks for uh thanks for the time tonight and uh yeah we'll see you in like four days all right don thank you sir all right take it easy buddy all right man bye-bye ogeo has been around for three decades but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags with never seen before features like specific storage compartments for your boots helmets gear and more The Ogeo 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com.